0: Founder of Cordal Connections, Queen Bee of the Hive. What the heck do I put on there? Please help me.
1: Okay. So I would put um, President of Avant-Garde Events because ultimately every, everything falls under that umbrella.
0: Okay. So who is Valerie McStory? Who are you? <laughs> tell, tell us about you, your background, where you're from. And sure. you're not from Massachusetts.
1: No, I'm not. I'm from New York originally. I've lived in uh, – Boston area almost 20 years now. I can't believe that is actually uh, the case. Um, I grew up in New York, um, just north of New York City, and I went to college in New York as well. Um, I moved to Boston right out of college, and I lived here for about two years, moved back to New York, and I was living in Manhattan, and that's when I met my husband, uh, my now husband, who's in the process of moving to Boston, and I was like, oh my God, pick anywhere else. Pick Chicago. I've already been to New York, but um, We did the long-distance thing for about a year, and then I wound up relocating coming back with him. And it actually was a blessing in disguise, to be honest with you, because I already knew the city. I already had my own friends. I already sort of knew a lay of the land. So coming back and and being together, I had, like, my own um, resources, my own, you know, my own, like, things to do. So it was great.
0: How did you get into event producing? Is that the, the right term for us, event planning, event producing? What's the right phrase?
1: Sure. So I do event planning and production. So it's both. So I started, um, I've always loved events. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I just loved having, um, you know, just the hustle and bustle behind things being set up for the holidays. And, and, um, interestingly enough, both of my grandmothers have had, um, profound influence on my, on my life. So in, in many different ways. So my, um, dad's mom was, she, we didn't spend as much time with her as I did with my mother's, um, with my maternal grandmother. But when we, when I would spend time with her, it had a big impact on me because it was such a special time to, to get to spend with her. And she was actually the activities director um, for in her job. So sometimes she would take me to work with her. So I liked sort of that behind the scenes. And she always, you know, made everything special. And I just love that. And then when I went to college, I was the social chair for my sorority and. And handled all the philanthropic efforts that we did, and I really, really liked it. And then um, when I started out professionally in the corporate world, I knew at some point I wanted to have my own business. So I spent my time learning different pieces of the business. I went to work for a nonprofit. I went to work for a corporate um, real estate firm, which sounds strange, but they did a ton of like open houses and premieres. I was a conference producer. I did trade shows with uh, retail gift lines. We did in-store events. Um, So I changed my, I tailored my experience. And my last actual in-house job was uh, special event manager for Blue Cross Blue Shield. So I decided at that time it was, and that'll be 18 years as well. I decided it was time to go out and, and start my own thing.
0: Yeah, so, what was it? Was there a certain point or something that came up that said, you know, I'm going to do my own thing and start my own business?
1: Well, it's really interesting. Um, I wanted the freedom and the flexibility because I had relocated here from New York, um, and I wanted to have a family. We just got married, I'm the oldest of four, and I knew really what goes on with having kids and having a family. My husband's an only child, so he had no idea what to expect. <laughs> But I knew we didn't have uh, the luxury of grandparents down the street because we were both here with, with no one. So I really – I know the demands of the job. Um, I love what I do. I love my job. I didn't want to give up my career, and I wanted to have the ability to control my schedule, be available for my children, you know, um, not miss anything, not miss the, the school play or, you know, be available for a sick day or snow day. So I felt like I needed some time. So I took about two years to get my business going before we start our family.
0: And it's not, I, from what I'm saying, it's not a nine-to-five type of job that you have. It's, you know, a lot of events are different hours, weekends, nights.
1: No, no, not at all. It is a 24-7 hustle. Um, I think that people don't really understand what goes into the behind the scenes. And even if you see, like, a, a four-hour event or a five-hour event, those events take, months, weeks, years to plan. So, especially if they're good and if they're really executed properly, like a lot goes into the planning behind the scenes and it's definitely not nine to five. I travel a lot too now, so I mean, I could be away for days for a four hour event.
0: Right. So, how'd you come up with a name for your business?
1: So, again, when I was getting married, my maiden name began, was our curie, began with an A. So, I wanted something that I was going from an A to an M. I wanted to – I gave some thought to something that would still be at the beginning of the alphabet because I was going to the middle. (laughs) So avant-garde is really a style of art that was popular um, in, like, the 30s. And uh, really, to me, it's it's doing things with a twist, so creatively putting a twist on the events that I bring to life. So a lot of events have the same basic parts. What makes them a little different? Um, That's what I really like to deliver and really drill down. And how does this separate – The other events. Like, what makes you different?
0: Talk about the business itself. What exactly are the things that you do? You know, let's just say someone comes up to you and says, "What do you do?" Give us that kind of
1: thirty-second. Whatever it takes. (laughs) Um, Now, I um, I do everything from event planning, production. I help people find a venue. I help them source their venues, Um, vendors, put the. We go through a whole process to make the event meaningful. What do they need? You know, we go through food and beverage selection. We go through talent, AV, um, the, all the branding, the marketing, all the pieces of the puzzle that make it come to life. Um, there's so many different pieces. I could answer that question for on and on.
0: Is there something like that, that you specialize in, that you're like a specialist in a certain area of event production planning?
1: So I have a very niche portfolio in the contact center, customer service, and customer experience space. So I've been doing events that speak to that industry for um, you know almost my entire career on my own, so about 18 years now. And what's interesting about that is that's really a lot of industries have basically an 800 number, yeah. right? But there's very unique um, pieces that Affect the business of this. So it's a lot of technology in the space. It's a lot of people, and it's anyone from like banks, healthcare, insurance, retail, yeah. you know, you name it. It's very wide. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what are some of the events you've produced?
1: So I've done a variety of nonprofit fundraising galas, golf tournaments, um, corporate conferences, meetings, product launches, pretty much anything under the corporate heading. I don't do um, weddings, and I don't do social events.
0: So what does event production consist of, for those that don't know? I think people just, they see the event, they go to it, but I don't think they realize what goes into it. Talk about that.
1: So I think that's what makes me a little different. So there's event planners, and then there's event producers. A producer is really, truly what I am at heart. So a producer will go in, and they will develop the entire day and the entire experience. I work with filling the room. And this is the hardest thing about any event lately. I mean, look at any event calendar, any major city. There's events are wall-to-wall. Um, so it's from getting butts in the seats to developing the program and the agenda, um, marketing the entire event, soliciting the event sponsors and partners, putting together a media plan, and, um, and then all of the on-site logistics. What does the room look like? What's the branding like? What are the giveaways and the swag? What are the you know the logistics, the load-in, the load-out? So anything that is like happening comes through me. And then you know I also handle the agenda, the content, the whole soup to
0: nuts. Is there something that, and all of those things you just mentioned, that people don't realize or clients that you work with that it's, there's always that one thing they don't?
1: Absolutely. And my job is to think about what they don't think about. Mm -hmm. So putting the day together, um, putting the pieces, making things seamless, uh, making the experience just right, making sure that every touch point is just perfectly executed. And I think what really um, makes my job so unique is that, you can be as over-prepared and um, ready for the day as possible, but then, you know, and I could work on some things for 6, 9, 12 months. Something can happen the day of that you never saw coming, mm-hmm. and that will define your whole event. And that's where I think people underestimate the role of working with someone that is truly professional, that is composed, can think on their feet, can go to plan B, and to make sure that no one ever knew anything happened. And I think that's where I really stand out.
0: So how long does it take to plan or to produce an event from let's say first meeting with the client to the event itself is there a
1: general timetable so a good rule of thumb is you take every hour on site okay and you plan at least 10 hours of planning behind the scenes so if you start with that that's a good that's a good estimate of how much time you really need so you know if you have a 4 hour event it could take 40 hours of time but what you don't understand in that time frame is you need the time to make things happen. So, you you know, 40 hours, it's not like, okay, well, next week it's going to happen and it's this big industry event. You've got to give yourself time and run up to plant the seeds, to have the conversations. I don't think there's enough time, run up time, lead time. I really like six to nine months. I feels was going to say, is
0: it like a six month to a year process that you're, because there's all this other stuff leading up to the event.
1: Right. Six to nine months is right, but. I will also say, and this is uh, just something that's been a shift, is the attendees sign up later and later. There's a big trend. People just don't make the commitment to attend. So, you know, you have no fingernails and gray hair, and then, like, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours out, you get this like, rise in attendees. And people don't understand, like, you've got commitments on the line. You've got the space. You've got – you've put out all the um, deposits. You've got to know your audience. Do you think
0: it's, why do you think people are more last-minute than in regards to their sign ups now?
1: I think people are busy. I think people are overwhelmed. They're busy. Limited attention spans, social media. I think there's a, false, um, there's a false just expectation that you don't need to be at the live events anymore because people are connected through social media. And I don't think that – I think people underestimate that, how much goes on at a live event, mm-hmm. that – you can't even judge with even the four walls that it goes on. Right. The ripple effect that comes out after the event, the connections that are made, the FaceTime. Five minutes FaceTime is worth so much more. I even have a stat in my office about the value of one hour of a face to face meeting versus, you know, ten emails, twenty conference calls, a video chat, like right. how all this breaks down. And it's that human connection piece Absolutely. that's totally missing right now right. in the conversation. And you can't get that through social media. Right. Is the event hard part or the easy part? The actual day of Yeah, the maybe? actual
0: like let's just say the actual day of event. Is it, is that the easy part of the job or is that like the hardest part of the job?
1: <sighs> well, I I, I would or say on the... Honestly, I fly about 30,000 feet up, okay. day up. So I just take a different viewpoint. So most of the time I'm in the trench, but once the event gets there, it's showtime. I'm right. I'm up here flying and you just have to keep going. Like things happen. You, I could tell you stories, Jonathan. We could have two, two, three more podcasts about what you never saw coming that defines your whole day. And that's, that's a challenge.
0: I was just going to ask you, how do you handle when things go wrong? I'm sure you, I'm sure you've run into that numerous occasions where a vendor doesn't show up or cancels or something happens. How do you handle those situations?
1: You handle them with composure, with a solid plan B that you um, communicate that you will fix it, you will make it right, whatever it is, and then you go into plan B mode. How does this fit? And that really comes from the ability to do that comes from knowing your program solid. So I know every single piece that happens. So the dominoes aren't going to take down the whole day. So, okay, so if this happens here, I know how it impacts here because I've been living and breathing this project for months. I can make a shift. I can make that an adjustment. I have a good team that I work with behind the scenes, and that's the relationships are everything. We haven't even gotten to that, but relationships in this business are everything. You can count on a vendor that you've worked with before. It's hard when you go in cold and you don't know anyone.
0: What's kind of the wackiest, I can't believe this has happened, thing where you've had to make changes?
1: (sighs) You know, I don't even know where to begin. There's been so many that I just didn't see this one coming, and here we go. Um, I've had anything from a keynote, miss their flight and not be able to present. Mm-hmm. And they're the keynote right. of a conference that's like, you know, a four day program and mm-hmm. people have spent thousands of dollars to come to from all over the country. How do you fill that gap? Because you can't just stand up there and say, oh, um, you know, they were the draw. So yeah. you have to fill that hole. So that you've got a lot, a lot of maneuvering to do. Um, I've had problems with loading. Where we had, you know, giant. I used to do a lot of work with um, an organization that hosted the official, the officially sanctioned Oscar night event for the state of Massachusetts. Hmm. So we had all of these gorgeous banners and flags and Oscar statue, um, just yeah. swag and things. So we had a problem the day of getting the um, the machinery, the cherry picker up the. Great elevator to be able to hang these like thirty foot flags, so we have that problem. Uh, I've had a problem with you name it. Deliveries not showing up on yeah. time. Sponsors investing you know thousands of dollars to be there, and then their their exhibit display isn't there. What do you do? It's not your fault, but it's your problem. So how do you fix it? Yeah,
0: it's, it's got to be unbelievable. Um, is there a favorite event
1: you've done? Um. You know, I really love – I love the chance, really, with any event. I can't say it's just one particular event, but I love bringing people together. I love being able to foster a comfortable environment where people can meet one another, where they feel comfortable to introduce themselves, where they can talk about themselves and their business in an atmosphere that's um, welcoming. I love to put I love to see the ripple effect that happens mm-hmm. after they meet because I know I see it on LinkedIn, I see it yeah. on Facebook. I know where you've met and, and many times I've seen press releases that these companies are now working together or they've, uh, they have a strategic partnership mm-hmm. and I know where that came from. So um, I'm very proud of that.
0: Is there an event where you've looked at it and you're in the middle and you like wowed yourself in the sense of like, wow, I put this all together like you've really kind of amazed yourself.
1: Um I as a rule, I really feel proud of everything I put my name on um, because it's a lot of blood, sweat and tears. People don't don't see a lot of the work behind the scenes. They just see everything look perfect and then they think they take it for granted that it just happens. And nothing, nothing in this business is easy. Nothing just happens. It's a very demanding job. It's always in like the top five of like high stress jobs, it's, like air traffic controller. Police officer event play. It's crazy, but it's always up there. And it's up there, really, I think, because there's so much that's outside of your control that when, you know, the bullseye's on your back, you've got to make it all happen. But I will say, um, planning an event, I, I recently planned an event uh, about three, three and a half years ago. I planned my first event in Phoenix. I didn't know anyone in Phoenix. I had never been to Phoenix. I planned this event. Um, we had about 60 people show up for the first one. I'm heading out to Phoenix next month for my fifth or sixth in this series. We've grown it, you know, double, tripled in size. And now when I go out there, I have friends that are in the industry. I'm like going I get excited when I see people on the guest list because we have relationships now. And the fact that I could do that and plan this from, you know, Boston, never having set foot there until I boarded the plane to go run it. It's all because of the relationships that I have that people open doors for me and and uh, take good care of me because they trust that I will take good care of them once I'm there
0: yes yes because yes, you're just not Boston based you're national I mean so how do people find you I mean they just they just can't go into the phone book and look under a vet planner and you're the first one that comes up it's like how do all these companies find you
1: well it's actually a lot of word of mouth. I mean, um, I don't think there's a lot of businesses. I don't think people do a Google search to come up with, especially when they're hiring a professional for a service. You're not hiring. You're not ordering a gift basket. So I think they want to know. They want to work with someone they know, like and trust. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, for me, just my industry connections, having been you know almost 20 years in a certain niche spot, have um, worked to open some nice doors for me. So I don't think I've ever going to sound crazy. I don't think I've ever spent any money on advertising. I don't think I've ever spent a dime. In fact, when I got started, I decided to invest the money that I had to launch my business Mm -hmm. and joined a few um, networking organizations and professional organizations, and that's how I got started because I felt like if the money I had uh, saved to launch, if I invested in advertising and the phone didn't ring, well, I'm going to be looking for my corporate job again. Yeah, makes sense.
0: Is there an event that you want to produce but you haven't done yet? A sort of white whale of event production.
1: Uh, like a style event or a type or a of event? Type, uh, it could be either. So I'm thinking of doing some new things now that um, I have some flexibility uh, with, with the Hive, with my own space. Yeah. Um, I'd like to start a series. I'd like to start two series. Mm-hmm. One, um, for young entrepreneurs that may want to get started, you know, like, High school, junior high kids that have an interest in business and they just want to get started. I've seen some budding young entrepreneurs in the community with little products and things. It would be nice to have like a little club for them, a little group with a place where they could even have a pop up and right. test the waters. That would be fun. And uh, we're launching a new um, group with the Marshfield Chamber of Commerce for women in business. And uh, one thing I would really love to see, because I spend a lot of time thinking about this, is hosting an event with panel of um, cross-section of women entrepreneurs, different stages of where they are in their career. So 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and talk about the type of advice that you would have given yourself at a younger age. Awesome. I think there's a lot to be learned, a lot of lessons learned.
0: So let's just say a potential client of yours is listening to this, and from the event production side, what would you like them to know before working with you?
1: Uh, I would like them to know that there's a process and there's a trust and that you have to, you may not always see all of the pieces mm-hmm. initially, but it always comes together. And together, we work together as a team. Whatever it takes, it gets done. There's a lot of invisible that you can't see, but at the end of the day, the end result is always what the vision is. So sometimes you have to make adjustments and do things that just, yeah. you can't always see the, the end, but it will
0: work. I've had this conversation recently with someone I compared it to almost like the duck. You know, like you see a duck swim, but you don't see the, the you know, the
1: under the water moving around. That's you know? a perfect analogy, because yeah. you, everything looks like it's just gliding yeah, it's just so gliding smoothly, around. and, you know, you're putting out fires, and you don't even want necessarily sometimes a client to know. Right. You just want, it, it, it's fixed, it's handled.
0: Or, or at this point, it's probably just part of the job for you, in the sense of, like, you're just so used to that. Like, you know there's going to be fires, you know what the type of fires are, and you have an idea of how they're going to, how you can put
1: Well, I've seen it before. I've seen there's some clients that, in just knowing their personality, like, I know how it's going to happen. It's almost like, let's not even talk about all the pieces. Mm -hmm. Just trust me, it's going to happen. Like, we worked at this one particularly challenging venue in Boston, and I knew at the time that we were going to have to use this back staircase. There was no other way to get this event done. It was this beautiful fashion show. Um, and I knew that the models were going to have to go up and down this stair. There's no other way to get it done. But if we had had this full, like, conversation about how the actual mechanics would work, it would have been just just a complicated process. I'm like, let's just – I know how it's going to work, and we'll work. Yeah. the end result was beautiful.
0: Yeah. Um, so what separates you from other event producers?
1: Well, I think that there's a lot of event planners – and there's a distinction. There's not of a lot of event producers. So a planner will offer you, like, the traditional services. We'll pick out a venue. You'll pick out your um, your vendors, your band, your florist, mm-hmm. your whatever, uh, tabletop, decor. But I do that so fast. Like, I've got, you know, I know what – I just – vision's just sort of that's like a, I can see that's it. That's the type of stuff
0: you can do in your sleep. Right.
1: I can see it. I go a level deeper to bring the, the industry partners together mm-hmm. to make it really, like, this person should be in the room. That company should be here. And I get on the phone, really, like, as a as a producer, and I say, I think you have a great story to tell about your business. I'd like to talk to you, very much like we're doing right now. Um, and I'll interview the person from the front of the room. I like to talk to people that have a good story because leaders learn from one another.
0: Okay. I want to switch gears and talk about the Hive. What was the thought in creating it?
1: So I have wanted to have my own space for a very long time. Um, I moved, we moved to Marshfield about, uh, three and a half years ago and we used to live just outside the city. So I would just zip in and out of Boston a lot. So moving a little further down the South shore, I lost the ability to sort of, you know, pop into town, attend a luncheon and come home. It just took up a bigger part of my day. So, and there was a little bit of an isolation factor there. So I was looking to get, um, some space to just get out of the house for a little bit. And in doing so, you know, people don't, I think... underestimate a little bit how much stuff that you have with events, like, you know, the boxes, all the supplies, all the decor, everything. So a lot of the spaces that I was looking at, I couldn't justify the size I was getting for the rent I would be spending. Mm -hmm. So um, I had a unique opportunity to come up to purchase a small office, and that gave me everything I was looking for. And I could make it all work, and um, I just decided to jump with the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So... um, It's a a space um, that's dedicated to some event planning. You can have your own event there. You can have a small meeting, a retreat, a workshop, and you can also meet with me and plan your event. So it serves twofolds for me. What goes on at the hive? So that, I know a lot goes on. A lot goes on at the Hive. Yes, we have um, we have events, we have meetings, we have networking events. We have I have a signature luncheon every month where I connect business owners to one another over lunch. Um, we're having a, an evening reception with the Women in Business group from the Chamber. We have pop up shops, which people are using it for photo shoots. Um, it's really a versatile space that can. Um, Oh, a number of different types of functions.
0: Um, so, what's the goal? I know this is something you started within what the past twelve months. Is that right?
1: Oh, not even, not even. I purchased it in the beginning of May. Really? Uh, we had to do a complete renovation, top to bottom. It's two floors. Every square inch of the space was flipped. Uh, it was in some sad shape before. It's
0: a great looking space. I've been there.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I um I put a lot of thought and time into it and the design, and I wanted it to be very clean and classic and just elegant in the, in the, the color scheme. Um, everything's black and white intentionally because it goes with anyone's corporate colors. It goes with all the holiday colors, metallics. Anything can, can pop in that space. Um, and the construction phase took longer. You know, I think it always takes longer than you expect. Absolutely. But So we started hosting events around like last fall. So we've had a variety of things come in. We've had so much interest. It's been great, and um, it's exciting.
0: Let's just say we're we're doing this podcast in early February. Let's just say we're in February 2021. What were some of the goals that you would like to achieve maybe during that
1: time period over that year? So a year from now? Yeah, a year from now. So uh, just for the Hive or in general? The Hive. Uh, the Hive. So we want to be able to host um, a number of events, of, of events and events. Uh, just charity partners. I want to use the space for good. I believe in giving back and supporting um, the community in a variety of ways. I'd love to see a monthly organization come in and use the space for free to raise awareness, raise some much-needed funds, just have a place to thank their donors, um, welcome some new supporters, train volunteers, what have you. Um, That's one thing. We are – Looking to – we'll we'll obviously keep our monthly luncheons going Mm -hmm. strong. Uh, Looking to do more for our monthly um, women in business um, initiative to just – there's a different set of issues that women in business face that I'd love to put uh, a spin on. I mean, even buying the space. Mm -hmm. My entire team was women. I worked with a woman uh, realtor. I had – my loans from Eastern Bank and the Small Business Association, both of my lenders were women. So I had an amazing team that really helped uh, me sort out the process that I want other people to understand how, how this could do. Because if I can do this, anyone can do this. Talk to me about the monthly luncheons you
0: have, you have at the Hive.
1: Sure. So um, Cordial Connections is my lunch series that I started. Um, it will be 10 years old. And I really? know this for a fact because I was out there here pregnant. With my younger son, Alexander, who will be 10 in November. And when I started it, I wanted to have – I built my business from scratch Mm -hmm. with a homemade card and just pounding the pavement and meeting Mm -hmm. people. And what I found from going to other networking events, I felt like, all right, I was maybe walking away meeting two or three people. Mm -hmm. The cards that I had were sort of limited use. I met someone online for – checking in and getting my name tag. I met someone online when I was going to buy a glass of wine. I met somebody, you know, over by the ladies' room. And I would see these big rooms of people, you know, 75, 100 people in a room. And I just found the whole activity awkward. Like, the room was awkward to navigate. Mm -hmm. So you can't just walk up to someone and introduce yourself and just start talking about your business, especially as a woman, because it comes off too aggressive. Um, So you can't just go and, like, start – selling your wares, you have to, you know, start a conversation. And what I was noticing was that you were just talking about, like, what was going on, like, you know, the news of the day kind of thing. And to transition into talking about your business, you had to then make an appointment and let's have coffee and let's do that. So, you know, I see people drinking a lot of coffee. And a lot of that could have been done, you know, no nonsense, let's just get down to it. But it wasn't the environment, it wasn't the right place to do so. So I decided to put together a format where, you know, it's my event production hat going on. I wanted to create an event where you you know who's in the room because that was also frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, You know who they are, what they do, and it's okay to talk about your business because we just put it out there and and make it comfortable to do so. So that's what I did, and I started out – it's just you know, a couple people in a room, and it's grown and grown. And what we do is connect business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales and biz- new business development mm-hmm. professionals to really four or five different things. And they, we connect them to new business, mm-hmm. uh, new clients, new jobs, which I am particularly proud of. If there's one thing mm-hmm. I could say I'm proud of, it's we've had, had some people help them get new jobs. Wow. Um, media opportunities. Strategic partnerships and really um, just trusted, credible new, new connections, which is really hard because you know sometimes you want to you want to stay top of mind, especially when you work for yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you keep on your client's radar and so that they refer yeah. you out, so that they open doors for you? And by being a well-connected person that can help them when they need something, that that just is sort of the natural residue of that. So. Uh, you know, it's hard, especially now. People think that the marketplace is really crowded and competitive. And, you know, it's really not. It, it is both, but it, you can differentiate yourself right. in the market. And I, lo-
0: and I went to one I really liked a lot because, as you said, with large networking events, it can be very intimidating. Or, it's, you know, it's how do you start introductions and meet people. Or, you know, a lot of people aren't, aren't the types that are going to work the room, you know. But also, it wasn't super stressful. Liked about going to lunch. It wasn't like this super structured event, but at the same time, it was you were able to meet people in like a non awkward. How do I talk to this person about myself or my business setting?
1: Yeah, and what we do, I think, which which makes us different, is we level the playing field. So everyone gets the same amount of time, the same opportunity, and then as a follow up, you get everyone's contact information. Mm -hmm. So. That's been really useful, and, and some people are very intimate. It's, it's hard to walk into a room full of strangers, you know, and yeah. as I'm running them, it happens every month without fail. I can feel the shift and the energy from mm-hmm. when they come in, and they're a little shy, and they don't really know each other, mm-hmm. and then they're hugging and kissing goodbye like they're old <laughs> friends, like an hour and 15 minutes later. That's amazing. Okay.
0: So why should someone attend one of those events?
1: Because you will get to question. meet every single person in the room. They'll get their contact info. They'll get yours. I mean, it's just the, it's just the first start. Yeah. It's really with all of the events. It's just the first start. But if they're serious about building their business through word-of-mouth referrals, I mean, we, we have so many success stories. How do you juggle all this?
0: You, know, you have a family. You, you do all these different things. How the heck are you able to do all this? What's, what's the magic?
1: I love it. I love what I do. I don't know how to do it any differently. I love what I do. I have a passion for working for myself. I um, I just don't do anything sort of lighthearted. I just, I love it. I love bringing people together. I don't really feel like I have a job. I just feel like it's me. Like, I do all these things, and it's crazy. I, I really don't feel like, it's just authentic and genuine. It's just me. Like, I love what I do. So, you know, it's constantly, like, my mind's always going. Never I, I, I've I've gotten that impression. I'm yeah.
0: no. That's a, that's you're constantly enough. You
1: know. I am always in a full tilt boogie, but I love I love to be busy. Busy for right. me is happy and um, I think honestly like I keep notes and my notes have notes and I'm always constantly like I just I have timelines, I was to say you must be one of the most
0: organized people.
1: You know, but then you see but you get hit a curveball. And this curveball can take you off b- the track, the so you've got to adapt. always know like these are the pieces I need. This is what I'm going for, and just put it all together. You take out the Charlie Brown hands, you know, you know the, the Charlie Brown hands. I'm You'd about.
0: make a good live TV producer. In that oh, sense. thank you. And that sense of having a having a plan, but the ability to deviate from that plan when something goes when something happens. I mean,
1: plan actually, thinking back, I should have probably looked at something like that. But here
0: we are. There are a lot Never of too late. Sets. So, business is all about partners, so who are the best partners for you?
1: Um, Gee, strategically yeah, you like strategically. vendors partners i think I think honestly, I work with everyone um, everyone that I work with, whether they're a vendor, a sponsor, an attendee you know, however it falls in, I really think of them as stakeholders. Mm -hmm. So I like to look at, you know, how do we all, what's the best outcome for everyone, you know, and how do we make that happen? So I don't really look at, and that's actually, I think, what helped distinguish me in the beginning Mm -hmm. was a lot of of, uh, my counterparts in the industry were like, oh, they're just a sponsor. Oh, they're just a this. They're just a that. They're just, just, just. I hate the word just. No one is just anything. And they would say, oh, they're just this. And I started to say, well, wait. Like, they're not. Like, they are the reason we can do our work. So let's put the importance on them and shift the, the, the paradigm here a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I would I, – it used just to make me cringe. I worked for um, a conference producer, conference producing company in New York City, and they put all the effort on, like, one segment of the room and the folks that were really making it happen, paying the bills, yeah. they were like, "Oh, you know," like, like they were treated like third class citizens. And mm-hmm. I'm like, "It's not really what we should be doing here, folks. Like they're the reason we can yeah. make this all like, happen." Once a check's
0: been deposited,
1: it's like okay, right? And you know, it's okay. not unusual though for this business for that to be the experience. So I really make sure that they are taken care of like exceptionally well. Um, at whatever they, I mean, I just had a situation where. Uh, one of our sponsors sent their entire exhibit display to the wrong location. And I'm there, um, boots on the ground a day early, checking everything. And when I finally realized, like, it's definitely not here, because there's a variety of things, places can show up at a venue. You know, you're checking the mail rooms, this was a country club, I'm in the Mm -hmm. pro shop, I'm I'm at the front, I'm everywhere trying (laughs) to find this, because they're saying that it's been received. So finally I'm Mm like, you know what? Did you ship that to? And it was a hotel two miles down the road. So you know, part of my um, my team that I was with, I'm like, we got to go down there and get that. That's it's, it's only two miles. And they're like, Valerie, like, how are we going to do this? I'm like, we have to do this. Yeah, you know, we have to make it happen because that's what No choice. We they expect we expect, and and uh, we've got to find a way. Like two miles, like big deal, but. Anyway, I think it's just the whatever it takes. You know, you don't stop till you stop, and it's exhausting. Yeah. But
0: so you're a real networker. Um, what are some things that people should do to make the
1: most of their networking? Mm, good question. Good question. I think that people should be ready to network. It's networking, not not working. You know, don't spend your time and energy to go to go to turn up at an event. Just to stand around. you know, Make the best use of your time. Look at the guest list. Look at the name tags. See who's there. Speak to the host. Ask them to introduce you if you see a name or a company that you'd like to connect with. Um, have your business card ready. Be ready for follow-ups. Send them a quick note. Make time to, to be offline. Be helpful. Um, really all the things that you would do just to start a relationship with someone. Um, be prepared.
0: So let's just, I know you've been involved with the high school internship program in Marshfield. Let's just say a college student reaches out to you and says, hey, I want to get into, into event production. What's the advice you give them?
1: Mm-hmm. This happens you- all the time. This happens all the time. The number one piece of advice I would give them is when your uncle calls and says, "Will you talk to my niece, actually call. <laughs> I get that all the time. I get people saying, Oh, my daughter's interested or so-and-so's interested. Mm-hmm. Will you will you take their call? Will you spend a few minutes with them? And then you never hear from the person <laughs> that wants the opportunity. So I would say when someone opens the door for you, walk through, um, but I would say be open and go and get as much experience as you can. Mm-hmm. That's what I-, I did. I went and learned all I could from a variety of different industries, you know, from trade shows to corporate meetings, conferences. Um, galas, golf tournaments, I just kept my radar on and antenna up and soaked it all in because I knew one day I'm going to pay attention, I'm going to listen to the people that have the experience and figure out how to do all this. So I would say don't be um, don't object to doing whatever it takes. You know, It's not glamorous. It's schlepping boxes behind the scenes. It's putting out fires, but the experience is yours. I've had the great pleasure of mentoring some incredible young women throughout my career and some of them have gone on to just fantastic jobs. Cool.
0: Um, On the flip side, what's the best piece of advice you've been given from a business
1: perspective? Um, I think there's probably a few things but I think um, nothing lasts forever. You know, there's times when things get tough and especially working for yourself. Yeah. You know, you don't get a check every Friday. You've got to be ready and you've got to be prepared. So, um, Failure is never fatal, and success is never final. You've got to always keep going, and don't stop. I mean, there's been times I've doubted myself and um, doubted where, you know, what where I was in the process, and, you know, should I just get a job, and should I, what should I do? And I think when you, you know, I was at a conference, and um, when you give power to your doubts, you, yeah. you know, when you doubt your power, you give power to your doubts. So you have to just believe in yourself and just be – confident and just whatever it takes, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever it takes is going to happen. Right.
0: Um, if you could jump in the time machine to the start of your career, what would you
1: tell yourself? Hmm. Um, I think I would tell myself to just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going and, um, make sure you keep your seat at the table because there's times, and there's been a few points in my career that, um, I think if I had, I was working behind the scenes with some clients, and I didn't have the opportunity to have my voice heard from me at the table, and it would have been a whole different, whole different outcome if they heard directly from me. So there's really just that's. Don't lose yourself.
0: Okay. And last, and certainly not least, uh, if people want to find out more about you, the things that you do. Where can they go?
1: Sure. So just go to my website, avantgardeevents.com.
0: Thanks for doing this.
1: Thank you so much. This was so fun. I really appreciate this opportunity. This was great. Thank you, Jonathan. You You are you're amazing. Uh, Thank you. Thank you.